Hey, Carrie. Hey, Sandra. Who are we? We are the Screaming Divas, both of us now back in the woods. Both of us in the woods. Yes. And today I'm going to say who we interviewed. Lovely Canadian holistic nutritionist, Jordana Levine. Amazing. Amazing. Loved her. This human being, I love talking with her because it wasn't about this food is bad and you can't eat this and you can't do that and you have to follow this protocol. It's really about finding out what works for your body, your brain, your lifestyle so that you are feeling your best and that you can deal with all the stresses that we have dealt with for the last year and the ones that are coming because it's not over people. We've got to figure out a new normal. And it was, it was fascinating because she said, basically, stress is the cause of every illness that we have, every issue that we have in our body, people, and we are all stressed. <laughs> I knew that. Just a little I, bit. A little bit. Yeah. But yeah, that stress, water, I mean, that, these are nuggets of information, like golden nuggets of information that I hope you all listen to. Yeah, it's totally off the beaten path for what we normally talk about on the show, but I don't, we both just felt like this was really important and I love your reboot. I mean, it is the reboot people. Let's get it together. We've got the shots. We're getting the jabs. We're rebooting. Life is coming back again. And this is the start of our second year of Screaming Divas. So what better way than to start with a reboot and a healthy, happy option? Because you know what? We've had enough suffering and stress. Hallelujah. Basta cozy. Thank yeah. you. So please watch this clip. Yeah. Bye. So that's where I see a lot of my clients is after their adrenals are not doing them any favors anymore. They basically can't keep up with that level of stress. Okay. Some people might be before that they may be in adrenal overdrive where they're like buzzing mind, can't sleep, can't calm down, overtired all the time. That's kind of before the burnout phase. Mm -hmm. But once we get there, it's like, okay, how do we how do we get ourselves back to baseline? How do we nourish ourselves in the right way? And just eliminating those stressors is a great first step, but like, what else can we do to nourish our body so that we can cope with that stress in the future and actually like heal our adrenals, which is, I would say at least half my clients, we do some sort of adrenal healing protocol as part of their work. Yeah, Cortisol, it's a nasty thing. But it can be good. It's just that we only know cortisol is a bad thing because it's constantly firing. If it only fired when we needed it, we'd be good. Right. Oh, yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Great to finally see you. I know. It's it's been a it's been a fun few months here trying to connect and everything. So yay, thank you. And let's tell everybody, our viewers, what you do. Okay. Um, so yeah, my name is Jordana. A lot of people call me Joe and I'm a holistic nutritionist. So I feel like there's all kinds of holistic practitioners and nutrition people. We're all a little bit different. Um, essentially what the way that I work is it's not about one size fits all. It's really about tailoring to the individual, looking at what your health needs are, looking at what your lifestyle is, what resonates with you, honestly, just what works for your body. Um, and you know, applying, nutrition that makes sense for that. Um, and along with that, the word holistic is very important because it's not just about food. Food is very important. And that is my first love. I literally was cooking before I was talking probably with my dad. He taught me how to cook. Uh, it's in our family and in my blood for sure. 
Um, but along with all the food, there was also, you know, lifestyle components, mindfulness, self-care, um, I've got like all my supplements and things behind me. So, you know, we bring in what we need to help your body heal and, you know, to maintain health ongoing. So it's not, you know, there's no quick fixes. There's not pills and diets and whatever. It's really more of like lifestyle adjustments to actually help you live your best life on a regular basis. I love that. So when I did some research on you, I saw that you had the CNP um, after your name. And in America, a CNP is a certified nurse practitioner who has specialized in something. And I thought that that's what that meant. But then I saw that's not what that means for you. Is that a difference between USA and Canada of what those initials mean? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, so it stands for a certified nutritional practitioner here. Um, and the thing about holistic nutritionists, at least in Canada, is that we are not a regulated profession the way that like a naturopath might be or a dietitian. Okay. So it's like, there's some really awesome benefits in the way that we can tailor to the individual. We don't have to follow specific guides, right. um, but we also, you know, aren't covered by as many insurance plans. Um, so there's like a bit of that, but yeah, definitely different than a nurse practitioner. Um, this one is specific to the Institute of Holistic Nutrition, which is where I studied. So can you tell me what the difference is? Because my husband and I are working with a functional medicine doctor right now that, you know, it was all of word of mouth and um, which we want to talk, Sandra and I wanted to talk to you more about in a few minutes, but I wanted to know if there was a difference between a holistic nutritionist and functional medicine. Yeah. And like, once again, because we all kind of work a little bit differently, um, it can depend. I certainly have colleagues who are holistic nutritionists that also have functional medicine training. Um, I would say a lot of what I see here, at least more traditionally, a lot of naturopaths would go and do functional medicine training on top of that. So I don't know if like, that's what your practitioner does, right. but I would say I also employ and kind of live by functional medicine and functional nutrition mentality. So I haven't specifically been trained in that area, but I have, you know, all kinds of colleagues and mentors and um, resources that use the same and, you know, functional, basically what it means is that everything it's designed to function with real life. Right. Right. Um, and we're looking at also the body as a whole. So versus looking at things in parts, we're looking at the body as a whole, we're looking at root causes versus just, okay, what's the symptom? Let's stick a bandaid pill on it. Sure. Um, that's amazing that you're working with a functional doctor. I, it's definitely not incredibly common yet, but it is so valuable. It, it blew my mind. And it was really just through another girlfriend that had just hit the wall, you know, with her uh, autoimmune issues and um, did some serious research and then t was telling me about this person. And, and I actually said, my husband needs this. And when I saw the blood, when I saw everything, because I mean, I grew up in a medical family. I, I'm the one that's every year in there getting my blood work done and my mammograms and everything, all that kind of stuff. I find that extremely important. So when I, and I've had blood work drawn at all kinds of blood work drawn, but when I saw this panel of blood work and the in-depth things that he asked for, and then when you saw the entire picture of everything, instead of your cardiologist pulling this blood work, your oncologist pulling this blood work, whatever, your general GP pulling this panel of blood work, when you could see the whole thing everything just started making a whole lot of sense and why this was wrong, why this didn't feel good. And as we get older, things are changing and fluctuating and whatever. And so I, I, I'm still a little like, I don't know about all the supplements, but I love the blood work. The blood work was for me. So 
Yeah. And I mean, every practitioner will recommend supplements in a slightly different way. Mm-hmm. Um, as a nutritionist, like I always go food first. Okay. I think, you know, food is the best medicine, but at the same time, if I'm working with a client who has an autoimmune issue or who has a gut imbalance or a damaged gut, most of the time we're going to use supplements, at least in the interim, because we need to heal your body. And yes, food is great at maintaining what you already have, but I don't know about you. Like the reason I'm in this field is because I was incredibly sick. Um, let's talk about that. Yeah. yeah. And I needed, you know, I needed that extra support. Food was not enough for me. So yeah, my background is not originally in nutrition. I, as I mentioned, I always loved food and cooking. Um, my, my degree is actually in journalism and my dream was to be like a food writer. Um, but I worked in corporate marketing and PR for the first seven years of my career. So mostly social media, digital marketing, um, back when influencers weren't a thing, I was like one of the first people to do influencer marketing, um, which is hilarious because I, I wouldn't want to be on the other side. Like I love sharing stuff on social media, but it's a, it's a bit of a weird world. And, you know, there were things I loved about it because of my background, creating content and writing. And as a journalist, it fit really nicely. Um, but you know, I was working not necessarily for all the brands that I loved. I worked in agencies as well, where you don't always get to pick your clients and definitely worked for some like not so awesome food companies that I won't mention. Um, you know, I also worked client side with brands as well, representing them, promoting them. And it just wasn't my passion. I know I realized that after a while. And at the same time, I was getting really, really sick. Um, part of it was just being really burnt out, working yourself to the bone as anyone who is like a type A perfectionist, you know, woman trying to get ahead in the world, especially high. Yeah. Like <laughs> you know what this is about. This is most of my clients now as well. We don't think about ourselves. We don't worry about what we're doing. You kind of like read, you're like, okay, cool. It sounds like this is a healthy label. I'll just like eat this food. It's fine. I'm not going to read too much into it. I'm going to the gym. I'm like getting my work done. So I assume that I'm healthy, but I was getting so sick. I was like developing all kinds of food allergies and sensitivities. I had chronic indigestion. I had anxiety every week. I would randomly have like panic attacks because I was developing all these food allergies and I didn't know which things like I would just feel sick and not know why it was very stressful as like a young 20 something. And that kind of continued all the way till I went back to school at age 29. Um, and it did, but it did get better because I started figuring out, you know, tools that would help. I learned the nutrition stuff really well. I started realizing that, you know, the way that I was feeding my body, which I thought was healthy because it was what I had learned at the time I was vegetarian. I was eating, you know, a lot of carbs, a lot of grains, a lot of soy, a lot of dairy, um, just things that weren't nourishing my body. And I'm not saying that these things are inherently bad, but the way that I was doing it and what my body needed at the time, it just was wrong for me. Um, And when I started learning more about, you know, more traditional, simple way of eating, really more whole foods, incorporating meat back into my diet, which was something I did not want to do at all. I didn't eat any meat from like 15 to 25 um, at all. So that was a big adjustment, but I knew that I had to do it. I could just tell my body was craving it. Um, and then, you know, just learning more about even things like meal prep, like creating meals that I could bring to work every day. And all my colleagues, you know, we're, we're working 12 hour days and they're like, how are you doing this? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of what triggered me, honestly, to go back to school because number one, I was realizing people were not educated. We did not have the information we needed to take care of ourselves. And I wanted to share it on a bigger scale. 
And I was basically like helping my colleagues for free, helping my friends, helping my family. And, and I wanted to support people who were in that same situation. So those busy, burnt out professionals who don't take time for themselves. And like, those are the people that need it the most because they need to be on their game, ready to go. So that was always the mission. Yeah. You know, I was, uh, Carrie and I come from two completely different health backgrounds, put it that way, because I was never taught how to eat properly, never. And, you know, a big, a big night out for us was going to McDonald's. Whereas (laughs) Carrie, Carrie had, you know, the complete opposite experience. So I was never taught how to eat properly. And I I think that's also my generation. I'm 52 now and nutrition was never brought up. It's just, well, what do you, what do you want to eat? Oh yeah. Whereas Carrie, your background. Yeah. My sister was diagnosed as a juvenile diabetic. So, I mean, my mom was a, a registered nurse. So we had a new, my mom was really healthy and took care of herself and wanted to take care of her kids. And so I, I mean, I knew what vegetables were and I knew what, you know, we never ate vegetables out of a can and we didn't go to McDonald's. I mean, that was a very special treat to go to something like that. So I grew up that way, but I also grew up in a home where I had a father who was a big emotional eater. So my relationship with food stems from that, not from the nutrients of what food can actually do for your body. What I also deal with is a shit ton of autoimmune issues that are inherited. And what I didn't know and what I've realized now through functional medicine, which was enormous for me, was um, how much my body produces estrogen. Mm -hmm. And because of that, um, I will, I, cause I could never figure out why, no, even if I cut out sugar and I cut out carbs, I still have this intense cravings for these things. Why is that? And when you look at my blood work and you look at how everything kind of pairs up, it was like, it finally gave me freedom to say, it's not about control. It's not about my will. It's not about me. It really is my genetic makeup that causes me to react or to feel a certain way when I eat certain foods. And And then we make, we blame ourselves. Yeah. But now I'm armed with this information of knowing, oh, okay, I have a choice. I know that if I eat this, then I'm going to feel great. I'm not going to have these issues. I know if I'm going to eat that, it's going to cause X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. So I find it really fascinating to talk to people like you because you can shed a light on this, which no other actually doctor could tell me. No matter how many autoimmune doctors, endocrinologists I went to, nobody could um, figure out, well, yeah, if you eat calories in, calories out, and that's a whole lot of bullshit for how my body works. So that's why I love that you guys do what you do because you're shedding, I feel like the whole community should work together. Yes. My endocrinologist should work, should work with my functional medicine doctor should work with my holistic nutritionist just so that we all are on the same page with everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that's, that's the dream for us at least, because I would say pretty much everyone who's doing what I do has been through something like that. Um, that's why we end up here. I don't know a lot of people who just become holistic nutritionists for fun. Right. Um, I, I mean, they love food maybe, and maybe they do something else. Maybe they create a food product, but like we know what that experience is like and that frustration of going to so many different medical professionals and health professionals and being told it's all in your head, there's nothing wrong, your blood work looks fine according to you know their blood work. Um, I've been through all of that. And I think, I love what you said too about it not being your fault. And I think that's so important. Um, I think this is true with everyone. I mean, 
men are hard on themselves too, but definitely women, we're extra hard on ourselves. Um, and we feel like we should just be able to, you know, this like elusive self-control thing should be there. And it's hard because if we don't know how to feed our bodies in a way that helps us to feel nourished, we're never going to feel satisfied. So whether it is, you know, maybe your body is more sensitive because you have these autoimmune conditions and you have to be particularly careful. But even if not, like what I do with every single client, basically in our first session is we talk about blood sugar balance, which is something that in the traditional medicine world, unless you have diabetes or something like that, they really don't talk about blood sugar. Mm -hmm. And it's a problem for basically everybody. We're all struggling. That's why we're getting cravings. It's why we're hungry. It's why we're reaching for things because we're not balancing our plates properly. And honestly, like once they see how to do that, my, I always do it in the first session just with breakfast and they all come back to me a week later and they're like, oh, I, I stopped snacking or like I wasn't hungry until lunch versus getting that 10, 11 a.m. crash where you're like watching the minutes until it's okay for you to eat lunch, right? Yeah, can I have, can, or can I have a, yet another cup of coffee, right? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And those are like crutches, you know, the coffee, the sugar, like it's not that they're inherently bad. It's just that if we need them to get through the day, that's our opportunity to say, okay, like something is out of balance here. Right. So there's all these fad diets out there. Uh, you know, keto now is like the big one, right? Or I mean, when I grew up the zone or the Atkins, all of these things are the, intermittent fasting, which is something my husband who has psoriatic arthritis was told by our GP to follow, to help inflammation. Yeah. What, are, what are your opinions on all these? Um, Sorry, I would say number one, yeah, it's a big question. Um, the thing is like, for example, what you mentioned about your husband and his doctor, doctors are not trained in nutrition. It's why there are dietitians and nutritionists. And I definitely recommend if your doctor is telling you to eat a certain way that you go get a second opinion from a holistic nutritionist perhaps just like it's not nothing against them. It's just, it's not what they learn in school. And it's kind of, they've probably heard from a colleague that like, oh, this is gonna help you, but it is important to look at the individual. Um, so I would say, first of all, like I'm not a fan of sticking staunchly to any sort of fad diet. I think that some of these are therapeutic diets and they can be very helpful for dealing with autoimmune diseases, for dealing with epilepsy, you know, like keto, that's originally what it was for. It's for people who have epilepsy so they didn't get seizures. Mm -hmm. um, eating, you know, and I would say some of them can be helpful in the interim, but long-term the key is like looking at what your body needs. So mm -hmm. for example, like I've tried keto, um, didn't work well for me. doesn't work well for a lot of women because we have different needs at different hormonal points in our month. Right. Um, it just isn't necessarily good for anyone. Um, you know, if you have it seriously, if you're hypoglycemic, have blood sugar imbalance, going straight to keto is going to be a recipe for disaster because your body just can't convert those fats into energy the way that someone who is eating more balanced can do because your body is so reliant on glucose and carbohydrates. It's just a different fuel. Um, but yeah, I would say like, if you feel, I literally just had a call with someone who I'm going to start working with. And she worked with a nutritionist before who was telling her like she had to go plant-based. She like meat was evil, all this stuff. And this girl is literally scared now to eat these things because she thinks they're going to trigger her digestive issues. And I completely disagree. Um, but it's like, now she's developed this poor relationship by working with someone who wasn't responsible about 
supporting her dietary needs and her nutritional needs, which is like the most upsetting thing to me. So it's one thing to say, okay, I'm working with a client who has an autoimmune disease. I'm going to put them on an autoimmune protocol, Mm -hmm. but it's not intended to be a lifelong protocol. Then we start adding fat foods until, you know, see what works. Maybe there are certain trigger foods like that you won't be able to eat. I have foods in my life that just don't work for my body and that's okay. Maybe someday they will. I'm honestly like, I'm still on a healing journey. I'm continually healing. I have my own practitioners and that's fine. Like, but I think it's just like looking for what works. So I, like, I love, I did a strict paleo diet for like two years. Um, it worked really well for my body. And I would say those principles are still something that I apply today where it's, you know, about eating whole real foods, not relying heavily on grains and sugars and refined processed foods and oils and like all that junk. Mm -hmm. But to me, that's just about eating real food. And now like I do eat grains, I eat oatmeal, I eat rice, I eat some legumes. It's just, I know that my body can't tolerate a lot of them. So long answer, but I would say, I mean, there's, there's all this, there's all of this information out there and that to me, it's overwhelming sometimes because I worked with Natasha Turner at the uh, on the hormone diet. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it, it was very much like the functional medicine that you did carry and it worked, but you know, it's, it's hard when you're traveling. It's hard when you are in a different country every other month. And when you have, now this is my other question for you. When you have a partner that doesn't want to be on this journey with you. Hi. Um, that's me totally. And honestly, yeah, a lot of my clients are like that because you can't change someone if they don't want to change. And also like, if they don't feel sick enough that they want to change, it's like, you know, for me, and I'm sure to some extent for you as well, it's like, you don't make the changes until your body tells you like, okay, you're, you got to make the changes. Like things are not okay. Um, honestly, it's not that hard. It's really just, I think that meal prep piece is so helpful preparing food ahead is great, but you can have like slightly different versions of the same thing. So I find it's funny. My husband, like we've known each other since we were young. We met at like summer campus counselors and he was like the pickiest guy I'd ever met. He wouldn't eat anything. And I was vegetarian at the time. So I was eating like all these vegetarian things. And he was like chicken and rice and, you know, cut up vegetables. Um, now I've like reformed him. He'll eat (laughs) those things. There's a few things he won't eat, but it's, it's amazing. Cause I just honestly, like once we started living together several years ago, he would just eat what I made. Right. So if I'm making dinner, he's going to eat it. If he doesn't want to eat it or if he needs more, cause he also is into like bodybuilding, he's into fitness, he lifts weights. He needs more food than me. Like sure. I am a smallish woman. He is like a muscle building man. It's, I mean, Hey, I eat a lot to be honest. Like it's not, but he eats a lot. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so me making a bunch of roasted vegetables and chicken, which is perfect for me and healthy for basically anyone. And then if he needs more, it's like, I'll just make some rice for him to go with it. Or he'll make some rice or he'll add on. Like, that's the thing. If I tell him what I'm making and he's like, "Mm, I need some more carbs or like, I need something else. Like last night he made some pasta to go with like the sausages and steamed broccoli. Um, And sometimes I might choose to have like zucchini noodles instead because I don't really feel good when I eat pasta. Like once again, it's not a dogmatic thing for me. Like I just, I don't eat gluten because it doesn't feel good for me. Um, and some days, honestly, like I just don't eat as much as him. So maybe I'll just have a light salad and he'll be like, this is where I'm going to have some fun and order in a pizza. Okay. And that's really like the best way to do it is just kind of having like the same core meal, 
And then if there's parts of the meal that he eats that you don't want to eat or she or whoever it is, same thing with kids, right? Like kids are picky. They're not always going to eat exactly what you eat. To be honest, my favorite way to cook is to cook in bits and pieces so you can bring them all together because then you can pick and choose. Like then you cook a few different vegetables and a couple different proteins. Maybe you have some sort of like dip or something and then everyone can pick what they want and just make a little plate. Yeah. That's good. That's a good idea. I I mean, I share now that he and I are both on this journey, we have found what certain foods that are really don't work for me, work for him, vice versa kind of thing. And so that's what we've done. And it's actually worked out really well as far as like when he needs rice or he needs a potato or whatever, like he can totally do that. What I do love, and I think because we're just in the beginning phases of this, is that the functional medicine said, listen, I don't really need you to be on this 100% of the time because it's not sustainable for a lifestyle, like what Sandra's talking about with traveling. So Mm -hmm. right now we're on a, we call it 80-20. So 80% of our week is on what makes us feel the best. And then there's this 20% where we can play with. And what he was really curious about was when you play, I wanna know what you feel like after you've played. And then you yourselves are going to figure out what that percentage is for you. Because I'm also like, listen, and I've said this before with Sandra, if I'm going to go to Paris, I'm going to have some cheese and a chocolate croissant. It's happening. I don't need to have one every day, but I really want to live life and experience something like that. And I know what I'm going to pay the price for that is, but I'm still going to eat it. (laughs) Oh yeah. I I love that you just said that um, because I would say like my favorite part of working with clients is when they come to me one week and they're like, oh, I'm embarrassed, Joe, but like I screwed up. I ate this thing that like, I know I shouldn't have eaten. And like that excites me because once you're eating well, once you know what it feels like to eat the right things for your body and nourish your body in the right ways, you can tell which things are triggers for you Mm -hmm. so much easier. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had my client came to me last week and he's like, oh, I forgot what he ate. It was like some of the chips that and I like, I love like healthy chips. I get, you know, the ones with like avocado oil and whatever, and that's fine. But like he ate some chips that he just knew after he was like, I don't want to do that again. It wasn't worth it. Right. And that's always the question is like, is it worth it to you? And maybe it's worth it to go to Paris and eat the croissant and the cheese. Always. Um, oh, I'm always. sorry. Yes, it is. <laughs> Even if I were throwing up afterwards. I would still yeah, like, here you go. And like, that's your decision. Like yeah. it's your life. You can choose to have that bad day. Whereas for some people, and like, I don't know my body, like I've been at points in my life where my body is so hypersensitive that doing that, like, so out of commission, like can't move, not worth it. Not worth it. Um, to be fair, when you're on vacation, you're also less stressed and stress plays a big role in well, your body's health and inflammation. That was a so, question for you. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about stress. Yeah. Okay. God, especially like with what this last year has done to all right. of us. It's so intense. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. So stress. Um, first of all, so I'll mention like in my practice, I'm kind of 50-50 in terms of I work one-on-one with clients. I have like a 12-week program that I do with them. Mm-hmm. And it's encompasses all of these things tailored to them. Mm-hmm. And then the other half of my time, I do corporate workshops. So I work with all those people that are like the way that I used to be. And honestly, a lot of my one-on-one clients are also, you know, busy corporate professionals. It works well for them. Um, But certainly when this whole craziness started, I started talking to HR professionals that I knew and asking what the biggest problems they were seeing. Mm -hmm. And every single person was talking about burnout, Zoom fatigue, brain fog, 
eating a bunch of junk out of the cupboards because like they were stressed and emotional and tired. So I started designing workshops that are like literally all about stress management, supporting okay. your mood with food, work from home habits, like literally everything that ties back to stress. Because I feel like at this point, pretty much everyone knows that essentially every disease stems from stress. That is a contributing factor. Mm-hmm. Stress creates inflammation in the body. Um, I mean, on a scientific level, I always like to share how it works in our body because basically stress is a response that we have to something that is basically putting our bodies in danger. So traditionally, this is like we're being chased by a saber-toothed tiger. This is like the example everyone gives for stress. And when that happens, our body switches into fight or flight mode, which basically means we're either going to fight the tiger or we're going to run away. Mm -hmm. So our body is going through biological changes to allow us to deal with this assault. So when you think about stressful situations, you might identify some of these symptoms too. Like your pupils get dilated to let in more light. Your lungs open up so you can let in you know, more air. You might hyperventilate a little bit. You're trying to get more oxygen to your limbs so that you can run. Um, you might feel some numbness or tingling. Other things like sometimes you get indigestion when you're stressed because digestion is not an essential function um, for running away from a tiger. You're just trying to run, right? That's something that can kick in later. Some people, when they experience longer term stress, basically what happens is this starts to, like our bodies can't differentiate between that tiger and like getting a bunch of notifications on our phone and like text messages and urgent calls and traffic or being late for something, like all these tiny things, they trigger the same stress response. Our body biologically still thinks it's the same thing. Okay. So now when you think about, you know, feeling the shortness of breath, feeling dizzy, feeling tingly, feeling achy, like it doesn't matter where it's coming from. And this can happen. Like those things I was mentioning, they happen like a thousand times a day, right? It's not just once. So now our body is chronically on high alert. Mm -hmm. Now our adrenal glands, which are basically what pump out most of our stress hormones are burnt out, completely shot. And our body, like we start to get to that phase of burnout, right? So that's where I see a lot of my clients is after their adrenals are not doing them any favors anymore. They basically can't keep up with that level of stress. Some people might be before that, they may be in adrenal overdrive where they're like buzzing mind, can't sleep, can't calm down, overtired all the time. That's kind of before the burnout phase. Mm -hmm. But once we get there, it's like, okay, how do we, how do we get ourselves back to baseline? How do we nourish ourselves in the right way? And just eliminating those stressors is a great first step, but like, what else can we do to nourish our body so that we can cope with that stress in the future? and actually like heal our adrenals, which is, I would say at least half my clients, we do some sort of adrenal healing protocol as part of their work. Yeah, Cortisol, it's a nasty thing. But it can be good. It's just that we only know cortisol is the bad thing because it's constantly firing. If it only fired when we needed it, we'd be good. Right. Um, yeah. And hormones then are, are basically the same thing. The hormone imbalance mm-hmm. is your body fighting itself, right? Absolutely. Because all of those, like those are stress hormones, there are sex hormones, there are all kinds of hormones, but like, we only have a finite number of glands that actually produce those and release them. And they do, they do, they go into overdrive because they do multiple jobs, you know, like our adrenals are actually where we produce estrogen once we go through menopause because our ovaries aren't active anymore. Um, so now they're doing extra jobs. Like no wonder menopause is stressful. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. You're too young. You're both too young, but let me tell you, it is not fun. And then trying to work while you're doing it, you know, and, and Carrie and I being opera singers, our life, our body is our instrument. And, you know, when it's not responding, you're just going, 
Come on, come on, come on, come on. What do we do? Yeah. What do we do? What do we do? And that adds to stress. And then, you know, it's just this perpetual spiral. So that's why we want to nourish our hormones before we get there. And that, like, I do that with a lot of my clients. I definitely have a lot of women who are like trying to get pregnant. I also have older women who are, you know, getting into that menopause phase and actually, you know, nourishing those glands and supporting and not just supporting like the hormonal producing glands, but even like our detoxification systems, because we don't always detox our hormones properly. Um, as you mentioned with having the excess of estrogen, like I know things like beta, beta glucuronidase, I don't know if that's an issue for you, but like that's something that causes an excess of estrogen to build up and we don't clear it out. Um, so how are we actually supporting our body's ability to digest, detox and deal? So we don't, cause things like, for example, like PMS is not actually normal. Um, which is crazy because almost everyone, you know, has experienced it. Mm -hmm. And I certainly did like crazy, but it's because our bodies aren't functioning quite the way they're supposed to. And like, that's just a, that's a result of our modern world and like toxins and stress and environmental impacts. Um, but I've learned that when I balance that out and I have to actually have supplements, like there's no round, uh, I have to, that um, uh, with food too, and I, and it's getting better slowly, but surely the, those symptoms every month are getting less and less and less, which is really kind of amazing because I've been suffering for so long with like horrible, I mean, horrible. I wish that like this had been talked about 20 years ago. I think my life would have been different. I might not have suffered certain health things. And, um, I didn't know. I do have a question though, because mm -hmm. I grew up in a house with a father who was an emotional eater. I actually had to learn that there is no such thing. I'd, I'd like to know where you stand on this, that there's no such thing as like good or bad food. It's, it's really, it, for my brain, I can have whatever I want. There's just consequences to what I have so that, and then I can make the, dis, the informed decision of what I want to fuel myself that day. Not and, labeling, not labeling food, good or bad. It's yeah, just good or bad. It's just a, mm. like, there's no red food or green food. I don't know how, some people disagree with me on that. So I just, but I, I went, I remember I found someone who was really great with emotional, what was it? Uh, nutritional therapy. Cause that was a whole nother thing too. Um, so it was about how your brain looked at food. Cause if you tell me I can't have something, we have a huge problem. Does that make sense? But yeah. Oh yeah. No, I, I think there's like a couple answers to that. Okay. Um, number one, I think when you tell yourself that you can't have a food or you tell yourself that food is bad for you and then you go ahead and eat it, your body's already in that stress state. And now you're not digesting your food properly. So like I had this experience personally because I developed a lot of anxiety related to just foods causing me to react. And then as a result, I started thinking everything was going to cause me to react. Mm -hmm. So if you've had a bad experience with the food and then you eat it and you say, I shouldn't be eating this. Oh, it's going to make me feel bad. Like you're definitely not going to feel good when you eat that food. It's like basically a given. So I definitely try to impart that wisdom to my clients too, that like these foods aren't evil. You're not like, you're not going to implode if you eat them. Um, and I think it's a healthy way to live. Like that's a healthy relationship to have. Um, similarly, what you mentioned, if you tell, if you tell someone they can't have a food, it's like, they have to have it. It's, um, another one of my clients, like who used to smoke cigarettes and he realized when someone told him he couldn't have it, it was so hard for him to quit. But when he was like, okay, if I ever want one, like I can have one, he quit no problem. So that's kind of like, if you've heard of like intuitive eating, that's a principle yeah. of that yeah. is keeping the like unhealthier food in your cupboard so that it's not that you're going to eat ice cream all the time, but you know that it's there and you're allowed to have it if you want to. Mm -hmm. Um, because then it takes away that, like, you know, off limits desire thing that you have. 
Um, so the caveat to that, I would say is if it's a real food, there is no bad food. Like if it comes from the earth and it is in its natural form and it is like meat, fruit, vegetables, fish, like grains that are ideally grown in their natural ways. And this is also something I was raised with. My dad is like, you know, corporate, but also big hippie, like a little bit of both loves the urban garden. He has like a huge urban farm on his rooftop now. It used to be in his backyard. Um, So like I grew up learning about the principles of organic farming for him. It was more from an environmental standpoint, but now honestly, my parents are like super healthy. They buy all the best quality, everything. And it's like amazing because when I eat with them, I feel like I'm getting good food all the time. So I would say like, there are better versions. Once again, like sometimes it's a budgetary thing. You don't want people to feel bad if they can't buy the organic or the grass fed or whatever. Um, It's not going to kill you, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's certainly healthier. And then when you get into like the processed foods, I think that's where it's like a little bit more finicky. Certainly all the clients I'm working with, like they have inflammatory issues, they have digestive issues. Mm -hmm. So eating something packaged with a bunch of inflammatory processed ingredients is not in their best interest. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean once your body is healed, like you should be able to eat those foods sometimes and not freak out, not just like have a crazy reaction. Mm -hmm. But like, I certainly feel better when I'm eating whole real foods versus like fast food. (laughs) <laughs> but not everybody has access to that too. And quite frankly, you know, Whole Foods supermarket is not the cheapest place in the world. No. And not everyone, especially now uh, during a pandemic, can afford that. So we have to find uh, still healthy alternatives. Yeah. And we, and I feel like I get that question a lot. Um, I think there's a couple pieces of that. Number one, absolutely. Like I'm very sensitive to the fact that like I have tons of local businesses near me and, and friends who have been out of work. And even if not, like you have, everyone has different priorities Right. for me. Like since I got really sick, a priority to me became getting good quality food. And I stopped, you know, I used to work in like the fashion and beauty industry, which I feel like is funny now. Cause I, I'm like in leggings and like no makeup most days. But I, that's where I started. And I used to spend like, I have, I feel like I need to sell them. I have like designer bags and shoes and all this stuff. And like, I used to spend my money that way. Mm -hmm. So I think like, I'm not saying that people who don't have money are doing that. They might be, or maybe like you're getting, you know, your daily Starbucks, stuff like that. So I think like number one, prioritizing how you spend your money. If this is a priority for you, if your health is suffering and you know that eating better will help you, Mm -hmm. um, that is a great way to do it. I think like there are certainly problems with our food system in the sense that like buying an apple costs the same as like buying a Big Mac. Um, And that's, you know, a governmental issue. It's which farming and which crops are subsidized. And that's something that is a systemic issue, which those of us who are privileged enough to be able to afford to buy the better quality food can help change by voting with our wallets. So I think that's like an important thing to mention for, and I like, that is what I spend my money on now. I'm not like rolling in cash, but I like, I'm an entrepreneur, but like for me, that's important. And there are also other ways that you can buy healthy things that don't have to be as expensive. For example, um, you know, there's like the list of the dirty dozen and clean 15. There's some produce that is really heavily sprayed with pesticides. It will actually be harmful to your health. There are some that aren't. So if you can't afford to buy everything organic, like buy the non-organic stuff that's on the clean 15 list that's not sprayed. Okay. Or buy, like I'm actually not against like some canned or frozen produce. And a lot of the time, I mean, living in Canada, like 
we don't have a lot of seasonal local stuff most of the year. Um, but at the grocery store, they have like, for example, berries are on the dirty dozen, but I love berries. So I buy the frozen organic ones at the grocery store that are like really cheap. And I use them in like smoothies and oatmeal and, Perfect. and like there are ways. And similarly with frozen vegetables, frozen vegetables, like people don't realize this frozen produce is usually flash frozen on site. So it's actually higher in nutrients than the stuff that's coming all the way from like Mexico or wherever you're getting it from. So like, it's not like I keep frozen cauliflower and broccoli and spinach in my freezer. And when I have busy weeks or I'm out of vegetables, like that goes in the pan with my ground meat. Yep. That's great. We do that too. I, somebody taught, taught me a long time ago, like what you're saying with the budget was pick the things that you eat the most and line it up and then say, okay, I'm going to actually spend the money on, let's say if you're, if you're, you know, if you got kids and they're drinking milk, they need to be on the, if you can do it, like spend the money on the organic, it's so much better for your kids than the regular, mm -hmm. that kind of yeah. thing was when I looked through the list, I was like, okay, we're definitely going to spend money on this organic meat, this organic produce or the berries or whatever. And then the rest is like, eh, we're going to do XYZ. Does that make sense? Like it just was. Yeah, absolutely. But I have to say, I mean, being home, I don't know, like I, I ended up with more money in my account because we just weren't eating out. Eating out and delivery and everything was so convenient in our busy lifestyle. Even you can still get healthy stuff like delivered, but um, I, all of a sudden, like I had more money in my bank account too. And I know I that's some a huge statement. I have to say that. Can I have some of it, please? <laughs> well, and, but that's the thing is, you know, people say to me like, oh, you're buying organic and grass fed and everything. I'm like, I literally don't buy pre-made food ever. And I know like, that's also a product of me being very disciplined about things, but that's part of every single client that I work with. I coach them on meal prep. I literally coach them on how to cook like four meals worth of food in an hour because I don't have time to cook every meal. My husband works a million hours. Like we don't have, most people do not have time for that. You have kids, you have work, you have like whatever it is. Right. Um, but yeah, like, trust me, I'm not spending more than the person who's getting takeout to like roast some organic veggies and chicken. Right. It doesn't cost more. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I want to ask you that thing that you have in your right hand that you keep drinking from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was told shockingly, and Carrie and I are both opera singers, right? And we are told hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. I was told many times in my life that I was dehydrated. How important is water to our diet and our body and how it works? It's like the most important thing in our diet, probably. Um, I'm obsessed with water. I'm drinking out of a water bottle right now, actually, because I like left this one up here because I keep running up and down to the puppy and I, this is like my oh, reserve. Yeah. Um, but I always keep, my husband actually works in beer, so we have a lot of big pint glasses and I always keep like a pint glass of water on my desk. Um, water is essential for like every function in your body when things slow down i find we see it externally first things like hair and skin and nails um, but we see it with our brain like literally brain health joint health when joints are cracking and painful like it's because you're dehydrated um so on that's the other thing we talk about the two things i do in my first session with clients it's blood sugar we do breakfast and we do water um and people always ask how much water do you need so it does vary from person to person. If you're highly active, if you live in a hot climate, obviously you need more, but I'm going to answer it because I feel like everyone wants to know. It's usually, so look at your weight in pounds, divide it by two, and you want to drink that much in ounces. So if you're like a 150 pound person, you want to be drinking 75 ounces of water. There's eight ounces in a cup. So, you know, like about nine cups of water. 
And I try to do that like before dinner, because if I haven't done that, like I will be up all night peeing and that's not good either. (laughs) Yeah. And that's honestly like, that's part of morning routine too, is like before anything else, even if you are a coffee drinker, the difference that it makes when you have a tall glass of water first thing before you eat or drink coffee is, is like instant. You will notice it right away. So trying to get in water earlier is amazing. Um, you know, people like sometimes I tell people to keep a pitcher of water on their desk. If you don't like plain water, like throw in some citrus or some herbs or like frozen berries, whatever you got to do and like get through that pitcher of, you know, a couple liters of water or more a day. And how do you feel about sparkling water? Is it the same thing? Um, yes. If it's true sparkling water, some of them have like other weird stuff added. Um, sparkling water is similar if that's like some people just don't like regular water. So I'm like, go for it. Drink sparkling water. Um, there are some people I work with who have like specific digestive issues, um, like stomach acid issues or, um, certain mineral deficiencies. Sparkling water can have some effect on that. It's not a big deal. It's just like, if you're literally drinking your 75 ounces and it's all sparkling water, like maybe switch it up, but you can also do things like herbal tea counts as water. You can even do chilled herbal tea. I'll make some sometimes in the morning, like throw it in the fridge. Um, So that's just like a fun way to think about it. Does green tea count or is that because of the caffeine? No. Like green tea is good. I just wouldn't count it as one of your glasses because the caffeine, caffeine does dehydrate you a bit. Mm -hmm. So certainly green tea is better than like a mug of coffee. It's a much gentler release of caffeine. Um, But yeah, I would still... I would still try to like do the most you can. And I find once you start drinking the amount of water you're supposed to, like it becomes easier because your body then gets used to that. And you will, like some people will just be like peeing all the time for the first week because their body doesn't know how to absorb it yet. And it mm-hmm. just goes right through them. It's fine. But and I also you, yeah. felt that it helped with my hunger levels. I Absolutely. thought I was hungry, but I was actually thirsty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's super common. And my body couldn't differentiate between the two. And it's like, oh. Yeah, our brain's just like, I need something and I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. Can you help some singers out that have to travel the world? Well, when we used to have to do it, Sandra's doing a little bit of it back to that now, but can you help some girls out with jet lag? Because that's a hot dang mess. I mean, okay. have you ever, have you talked to anybody about that? Like how to come combat that with food and water and all that? Uh, definitely, honestly, hydration, because a lot of what happens is, especially on planes, we get very dehydrated. The air is recycled, it's dry. So we don't realize how dehydrated we're getting. Um, and while we're talking about hydration, water is really important, but also electrolytes. Um, so this is something we sometimes don't realize. We think like we're drinking water all day, so why are we still thirsty? Um, so electrolytes are certain minerals, so things like magnesium, calcium, sodium, that help us to stay hydrated. One of the best natural electrolytes that you may have heard about is like coconut water. Mm-hmm. This is why like celebrities drink coconut water to keep them glowing when they're traveling the world. It really does help. It has, it is like natural Gatorade and so much better for you. Okay. Um, so that's like, I know on planes, you can't always bring liquids with you, but like when you get to the other end, definitely like that's a great thing to stock up on. Other things that contain, you want to look for things with like sodium, potassium. So like bananas, avocados, like they have a lot of those minerals in them. Um, even just like a good quality, like pink mountain salts. Um, there's a brand called Redmond. It's American. I love it. Like I get it here too. And it's actually like a really mineral rich salt. Mm -hmm. I'll put a pinch of that in my lemon water in the mornings and it helps us to actually replenish electrolytes because we sweat a lot while we sleep. Okay. I didn't know that I could do that on my wall. I actually have that in my kitchen. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yeah. And it's delicious. It's like so good. I didn't know that I could put that in my, that's a great idea. 
Yeah, I because I do lemon water every morning, which is just like fantastic for everything. So if you already have some sort of water routine in the morning, just like add a pinch of that good quality mountain salt. It will help with your electrolytes for sure. Does that water have to be hot with the lemon or can it just be regular? I mean, because you see celebrities talking about this, but there some of them are like, oh no, it has to be hot. So I really wanted to know. Does uh-huh. it-, it doesn't have to be hot. Um, I would say you just don't want it to be ice cold because that can kind of like it kind of trick, especially first thing in the morning, our bodies are not ready for that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm a big fan of like room temp or like slightly cool is okay. Warm is fine too. I don't like super cold water. I used to, and I hate it now. It just like my whole body just seizes up when I drink it. Um, but definitely, yeah, I would just say not ice cold is ideal, but like, I mean, hot water is nice. Like in the summer, I'm not going to wake up sweating and have like a hot lemon water. (laughs) No go. Um, other things I would say about jet lag, because I know we were still talking about that. Um, yeah, just like keeping some things like, like taking like a B vitamin complex can be really great for that. People also take it like for hangovers, that and magnesium, the two of them together are good. Cause the same thing, hangovers, you get dehydrated. So these things help to rehydrate you. Um, B vitamins are great because they are like a nervous system support. So they support like your brain health, your nervous system, just like keep you feeling sharp. Um, so that's another I mean, you know, talk to your practitioner about like which supplement to get. Well, um, that's another thing now, isn't it? Because you can just go into Shopper oh Drug Mart or oh, Rexall yeah. or whatever they have in the States or Walmart or, you know, and get supplements. But it's not the same, is it? They're not the same. If they're dirt cheap and they're from the drugstore or the grocery store, like it's not worth it. I would say the best places to get your supplements, definitely like if you're working with a holistic practitioner, I have access to like professional grade everything. All my clients get discounts on them. Um, like that's all I will use personally. Um, otherwise going to a health food store, like a true supplement health food store that has good quality ones and get help from someone there. I know even in like whole foods in that section, they have some better quality ones, but if you're going for the cheapest one, it's usually packed with fillers. It's usually got like added coloring. Sometimes it's got sugars in it. Mm-hmm. Um, often the there's actually different forms of nutrients. So for example, like magnesium, everyone knows they need it, but there are a bunch of forms of it that we don't even absorb properly. They literally, like you just poop them out. Um, A lot of people like poop too much when they take magnesium. So knowing what form to take, like if you're getting the cheapest one, it's often just, it's like, it is when people talk about buying expensive urine, like it is if you're not getting the right one. (laughs) You're just flushing it away. I mean, it's just money literally going down the drain. Yeah, like I would say, if you don't know what supplement to get, like just don't get one um, and work with someone who can help you get the right ones. I'm glad you said that because there was part of me that felt like, okay, is this functional medicine like a racket because I'm buying all these supplements and stuff like that. But then when, and because, you know, he's telling me that they're medical grade and all this kind of stuff, but I have to say, um, I I'm working my way in slowly to all of them and I'm on week four. So I'm on four different ones now, but I, you can tell a huge difference. This is way this multivitamin is way different than I feel on this than I did on like my, I don't know if we're allowed to say brands, but on this other organic, whatever bullshit one I was taking. <laughs> yeah. And that's like a greenwashing thing too. We talk about greenwashing a lot in the holistic world where you'll see a label and it'll say like organic or vegan or gluten-free, like that doesn't mean it's good. Right. It just means it's organic. Also with food, with packaged foods. I yeah. mean, that's another whole thing that we need to talk about. It, just because it says gluten-free, because I've been gluten-free for a long time. Um, gluten is like with you, it is a no-no with me. And bleh. But 
you have to look at the package because yeah, it says gluten-free, but then it has all this added sugar or all this yeah. added, you know, other things. And you just go, well, be better to eat the gluten. Yep. <laughs> you know, and sometimes it is like, if you're just going gluten-free because you think that it's healthier, you're, you're completely right. Not only the sugars, first of all, yeah, like sugars on labels are like my nemesis because often they literally put like three different sugars on the label. So they don't have to be the first ingredient yes. and they have different names for them. By the way, if anything ends in the letters like OSE, OS, like it's glucose with something else. Um, so often you'll see like, yeah, dextrose and like fructose, like they're, they're just trying to throw in more. And that's like, you know, labels that say low fat, like I hate low fat, anything. It means they've added more sugar because otherwise it tastes yeah. bad because fat tastes good. Right. Um, just get like, get the grass fed yogurt. That's high fat. Like eat that fat. That fat is good for you. We can talk about fats too. I eat so much fat. It's just like healthy fat, not processed canola oil fat. Um, but yeah, in terms like a lot of the time, those gluten-free ingredients are all kinds of like really starchy, difficult to digest flours that just like, don't sit well with people and give, and then they end up getting more bloated. Bingo. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, no, thank Any more questions, Carrie? We don't want to keep you all day, but. No, um, I do have a question about, though, about flowers. Uh -huh. Because almond, almond, I was reading about almonds and how they're produced and all this stuff that's now almond flour, because I had eaten a couple things thinking that this was good for me and I had reactions to it. And I was like, this is a hot mess. So that's why I started reading about what flowers were good and what flowers for me and where they come from, because that's a whole I don't know if you have issues with some of your clients with some of this, the alternative mm -hmm. flowers. What am I trying to say? Yeah, not all flowers are created equally. Yes. So even like, yeah, I think the, the almond thing for me, especially with autoimmune and um, mm -hmm. you know, I had to go through AIP and all this kind of stuff. I learned what was, what worked and what didn't. Right, and also milks yeah. too, right? Almond milk is not good for everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I get what you're talking about. So number one, certainly if you have an autoimmune condition, some people don't do well with a lot of nuts and seeds. That's like what the AIP autoimmune protocol is. Um, it helps you to reduce those inflammatory elements and then add them back slowly if they work for you, right? For some people, almonds just don't work great for them. Um, they are harder to break down and digest. I mean, in general, like nuts, seeds, legumes, grains, all these things that we reduce on something like an autoimmune protocol or some of them we reduce on a paleo protocol. Not everyone is good at digesting them, especially if you have a compromised digestive system. And by the way, I'm sure you know this working with a functional medicine clinic. Um, if you have autoimmune diseases, your digestion is compromised. That's how we get them. That is how they get triggered. So you might have them sitting in your genetic makeup, but you don't develop an autoimmune disease unless your gut gets damaged and then things get in there and trigger. And it's nobody's fault that we've gotten them. It happens to so many of us. I've had many, like I did well on an AIP diet for a while too, even though I've never been diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. It just happens. And then we have to deal with it after the fact. And we can heal our guts, which I'm sure is what you're doing right now so that we become less reactive. Um, but that's part of the process. Okay. So similar, it's funny, like, I know I'm a nutritionist, but I do a lot of similar stuff to like what these functional practitioners sure. do. Okay, cool. They should be, the, the left hand, in my opinion, you know, left and right should be talking together, not alienating each other. But, you know, you should be able to pick up the phone and talk with, for instance, my husband's doctor and say, hey, listen, you know, yeah, I know he has H. pylori, but let's work. Let's look at this. Or I know he has an autoimmune, but let's look at that. And it just, I wish yeah. they would 
someday this is the dream and you know for something like h pylori for example if you go to the doctor they're gonna give you some antibiotics whereas if you go to me i'm gonna put you on a protocol with some herbs and vitamins and we're gonna kill it more naturally and like i have a client who said her doctor diagnosed her and she chose not to take that medication because it just felt wrong for her and everyone has to decide what feels right for them but like it's just you should, I agree, you should have the information. You should be able to make that informed decision of like what each thing is going to do to your body. Yeah, I agree. And in the the, di- the treatment was worse than my, my husband's, you know, the H. My Lord. He was on two antibiotics for two weeks. It was miserable. And yeah, well. No better now. Anyway. Blah, we can, blah. I mean, I have so much to say about that, yeah. but we won't get into that. Make sure he gets a good, make sure he gets a good probiotic. Yeah. Give, give me a call. Um, so I did want to, I did want to fully answer that question about the flowers. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing is you can make, once again, you can make anything from good quality ingredients or bad quality ingredients. Mm. So knowing the source, like it should say on a label where things are grown, it should say if they're organic, mm. um, it should say if they're genetically modified or it, it will say if they're non-GMO, if they're not non-GMO, they're probably genetically modified. I know with things like almonds, also a lot of people have issues with the way they're grown because they use so much water in California where there are dreads. Um, so some people might choose to use different flowers. And honestly, like, I don't I don't use a lot of almond flour because I, similarly to you, like just can't tolerate a lot of it. But it's also, I don't like the idea of using it all the time and it's expensive. Yep. Um, but there are other grain-free flowers. You know, I use like coconut flour and arrowroot starch. Um, there's something called tiger nut flour that you may have heard of on the autoimmune protocol, which is actually not a nut and I really like you know like there are so many options right so you can play around and find things um and similarly yeah with milks with like a non-dairy milk just because you're drinking an almond milk it doesn't mean that it's good it doesn't mean that it's healthier than regular milk sugar. a lot of them have sugar like you want them unsweetened and a lot of them have emulsifiers and gums because especially if you're getting like an almond milk that's just a few dollars there's usually like two almonds in it and a bunch of thickeners so once again, like when I work with my clients, we always look at ingredients. We look through their cupboards and they learn like, oh, okay, I'm not going to buy this one next time yeah. because there are some at the store that are incredible quality that have great ingredients, or you can like make them at home in a blender, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, but yeah. Um, I want to tell people to check out your website um, and check out your blog. Cause you've got some really cool recipes that I was like, oops, save, save, save. I want to try that. <laughs> AIP <Yeah>. things. <laughs> Absolutely. And you're on Instagram as well. And mm-hmm. yes. um, yeah, so my website is jolevinenutrition.com. Um, my blog is on my website. You can also read about how I work with clients there. I offer free discovery calls for like anyone who's interested in working with me. Cause I always think you should be working with someone who resonates with you. And I also want to make sure you're the right fit for me. Right. So if you have any interest at all, like free 20 minute call, we just talk about your problems. Cool. Um, and that's like right at the top of the website. Other than that, I'm also at Joe Levine nutrition on Instagram and on Facebook. I would say I'm like more active on Instagram, but I post things on Facebook too. If you're not okay. over there. Cool. Thank so you. yeah, thank you. Yeah. Do we want to do, do we want to do a quick rapid fire? Do you have a few more minutes? Just some yeah, quick sure. sounds like uh, puppies being taken care of downstairs by my husband. Okay. So thank you. <laughs> so what is your favorite word? The first thing that came to mind is like flabbergast just sounds fun. That's a good word. That's how I feel right now. <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Let's keep going. You put me on the spot. What is your favorite curse word in any language? Ooh. 
I feel like I just say shit all the time, but it's like not fun. It's just, it, just it, you, listen, shit and fuck are definitely, or any, any version of fuck are definitely. I, I just swear a lot. Cause like I worked in like newsrooms and ad agencies. So I didn't on this interview cause I wasn't sure if we were supposed to, but yeah. Okay. yeah. What profession other than your own, would you like to attempt? Oh, if I wasn't so afraid of heights, I feel like an acrobat or something would be really fun. Cool. I used to be a gymnast when I was young, so that's why I thought of that. Wow. Amazing. Okay, since you did fashion and beauty, what is a fashion trend that you have never understood? Like so many of them. <laughs> um, what are trends that are happening right now? Oh, I don't understand the like the retro sneakers that are kind of like 90s, really chunky, you know, like what I used to wear when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, they're now like cool now and you can wear them with like fancy dresses. Don't get that. Okay. Not understand. Best beauty tip. Um, honestly, nourish from the inside. I wear almost no makeup anymore. Like I used to wear so much cover up, so much foundation. And like, if you feed your body right, you don't need it. I mean, look how gorgeous your skin is. I know. Fabulous. Like a walking ad right there for that. Thank you. It wasn't always like this, I promise. Wow. Carrie, any more? Or do you want to do the last one? No, go ahead. Do your last one. What has the past year taught you? Don't assume that you, that your opinions can't change. And don't assume that you know how things are going to turn out. Um, I just have like so many instances over the last year where I thought I knew where my business was going to go. I thought I knew where I was going to go. I've been doing all kinds of like wacky alternative healing too, getting into like energy work and stuff. And it just, yeah, I feel like being open to whatever comes your way and just like not shutting things down. Love that it. is beautiful. Well, congratulations. Yeah. And thank you for taking the time to talk with us. And I'm sure our viewers and listeners are going to get so much information from this really and and hopefully they they find their own path and and maybe even contact you i know absolutely would love to talk anytime huge especially with this last year so much stress we all have been under and are still under because it's none of this is over yet so um or learning how to live in this new normal is another stress factor so mm -hmm. i think this conversation is hugely important and in within your journey sandra's journey my own journey and what we've learned to come through this, I just found this really fascinating. And I'm so grateful that you said, yeah, you'll come join our shenanigans. I had so much fun with you. You were great hosts, interviewers, felt very cozy. Um, so thank you. And yeah, I totally agree. It's more important than ever to just be taking care of ourselves right now. So I hope everyone out there is doing that. Yes. yes. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. Bye. 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 Bye.